Hello and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host Tom Masters and our guest today is Palmer Kippola. She's the author of the best-selling book Beat Autoimmune. She's a certified functional medicine health coach who has helped many people reverse and prevent autoimmune conditions based on her own two-decade battle to successfully beat multiple sclerosis. Welcome. Oops. I'd like to introduce Palmer, Palmer Kippola, and she is an author, certified functional medicine health coach who's helped many people reverse and prevent autoimmune conditions based on her own two-decade battle to successfully beat multiple sclerosis. She's the author of the best-selling book, Beat Autoimmune, which is a powerful forward by functional medicine pioneer, Mark Hyman. She's done coursework with the Institute for Functional Medicine, the HeartMath Institute, and the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Today, she collaborates with naturopathic doctors who provide one-on-one total health recovery programs for clients in the United States over Zoom. She also has a comprehensive holistic and self-paced online program called Beat Autoimmune Academy to help people accelerate time to a vibrant life. And I'm excited. Um, Palmer and I and my wife hung out and saw um, Bobby McFerrin a few weeks ago. They had a nice time. And Palmer, welcome to our podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, David. Thank you so much for having me. So I was introduced to Palmer. Um, my son lives in parts of Utah, and one of their best friends who lives across the street's father um, is really close friends with Palmer. And I guess you your husband and he are business partners or collaborators. That's right. So we got introduced. And so he's very much all over the whole body healing concept. And I'm excited because people look at autoimmune disorders as unsolvable. They look at chronic diseases unsolvable. And if you look at the physiology of the body, the body knows how to heal and you get sick for a reason and you can heal for a reason. So Palmer's living testimonial that she, that you can solve autoimmune disorders so um palmer we, we had a great time meeting you hanging out with you i could never tell in a hundred years that you had ms ever <laughs> i was curious about your story how this all when you were diagnosed what your early symptoms were just what was your healing journey like yeah well i have to take you back a bit in time because i was diagnosed at age 19 so um, up until that point, I was a pretty happy, healthy, well-adjusted kid. Uh, future looked promising, whatever that held. I was going to college. And I had come home uh, the summer after my freshman year. And I was home just doing a summer job. I, I was hostessing at a restaurant. And one morning I woke up um, and the soles of my feet were all tingling. That feeling you get like you've slept on a limb too long. And then when the blood flows back, it gets all tingling. Only this morning, the blood didn't flow back and it continued to tingle. And I thought, oh, it'll just go away. So off I went to work. And over the course of the morning, that tingling just crept up my leg like a vine. And I got to my knees and I thought, oh my goodness, there's something wrong here. So I called my mom and dad who called the family doctor who said, get her over to the neuro neurologist at UCLA today. I guess we got in the same day and, and that's what we did. We sat in the neurologist's office and she did a, I swear it was less than a 10 minute exam. She had me walk across her room, heel toe, touch my fingers to my nose and said, I'm 99% certain that you have MS, multiple sclerosis. And if I'm right, 
there's nothing you can do except take medication. And at this time, I have to reflect back that this was a long time ago. This is 1984. We'd never heard of MS. We didn't know what this was. No one we knew had anything like this. So we left that office with very little information, very little hope. And that night, the tingling had crept up under my collarbones and all the way up. And that night, my mom crawled into bed with me and she was holding me and crying. And like I'm crying harder at this point because I couldn't feel anything from the neck down. And my body would stay completely numb for six weeks. Wow. It was... Um, to say terrifying is just sort of an understatement. We had no idea why this happened, no idea what was going on, no hope. And I just lay on the couch that summer for those six weeks, not knowing what the future held. My mom would plan with me for whatever uncertain future. Was I going to have to be taken care of by my parents? Was I going to go to school in a wheelchair? What was my life going to be like? And we didn't know. My dad would come by the couch and check on me and he would say, honey, you could beat this thing and give me this motivational pep talk, uh, which is why ultimately the book is called Beat Autoimmune, a little tribute to my dad. Um, and people came over and brought gifts. And this is I, I, this is an important turning point. I had friends come over. What, what do friends bring? Chocolate chip cookies, books, watching movies with me. But this one friend came over and she asked a question that turned out to be one of the biggest gifts I was ever given. And she said, Palmer, why do you think you got the MS? What do you mean? Why do I think I got the MS? Are you accusing me of doing something? <gasps> I was angry. And she left, of course, you know, none the worse for wear. Wait, wait, and who's this, who's this person again? This is a family friend. This is a family Was friend. Somebody older or your age or who? older, older family know. friend. One of my mom's best friends. Palm, let me stop just for a second. Yeah, please. Can you define to the audience what MS is exactly? I can give my definition. Yeah, you know yeah. much better than I do. So we talk about autoimmune disorders. Let's explain that and also yeah. us through MS. Sure. Well, MS, multiple sclerosis, is a an inflammatory uh, neurological autoimmune condition in which your body's own immune system is attacking the myelin basic protein. That's the protective coating, the sheath around all of your nerves in your brain and, and spinal column. Right. And over time, so multiple sclerosis literally translates to multiple plaques. Scleroses are the hardened, uh, ones could call them, they're, they're plaques. When something has been chewed on picture, a rat chewing on your cord, right? And over time that cord gets worn away and then the nerves are exposed. And right. in a healing process, your body goes to repair that, puts a scab on it and the scab hardens. And those are the plaques. So the multiple scleroses are the multiple plaques. And this is diagnosed, the, the gold standard is the MRI that shows the multiple lesions or white matters in the brain and brain stem. And it is thought that it's an incurable neurological disorder, autoimmune disorder. <clears throat> There's nothing you can do except take medication. So from a medical standpoint, so I was, I've been around for a while. So I was around way before MRI scans were even existed. And so MRI scans do show up these. So CAT scans, for instance, show up bone. MRI scans show up actual tissue like muscles, tendons, ligaments, and nerves. 
these plaques shows up as white lesions all over the brain. And the classic thing for clinical diagnosis of a multiple sclerosis is that there's relapsing type, which comes and goes. They can be a progressive type. They can be a mild type. And the classic thing about multiple sclerosis, it can look like anything. You know, it's a great mimicker. Yeah. And the problem is it's considered progressive. Some people have what I call malignant MS that can be in a wheelchair forever within two years. Some people have sort of a mild relapsing form that can last their lifetime, but it is considered a progressive incurable disease. And like all chronic diseases, you know, with chronic pain also considered an incurable disease. When your doctors tell you that this is unsolvable, it takes away hope. And the research shows that actually hope is anti-inflammatory. Hope and optimism is actually healing. And I just see physicians, and I'm also guilty as charged, we sort of want to, I'll use the word, blame the patient. You know, this is a disease. You have it. Nothing I can do. We can help you cope with it. And so it's not a very encouraging patient-physician relationship most of the time with chronic diseases in general. And so that's sort of the background of, of MS. And, you know, as a physician, we hear the word. As a spine surgeon, I don't like the word because I like to fix things. With MS, we have this helpless feeling, well, I can't fix this. This is really something we just have to live with, deal with. Since I've started the process I've worked, we've had multiple people with different autoimmune disorders, one specifically with ankylosing spondylitis, mm -hmm. which is an inflammatory arthritis of the spine, had the disease halted, couldn't repair the structural damage, but at least halted the disease. And your situation is remarkable because, you know, we hung out with you a few weeks ago and I couldn't remotely ever tell you had a neurological disorder ever. So anyway, that's just the background of MS in general. It's not a great diagnosis to have. No, and I appreciate everything you just said there. And I wrote down hope is anti-inflammatory. I love that. And it's true. And look, I think doctors are doing the best they can. And what they do is they put people in buckets based on a collection of symptoms. Right. And so MS is a constellation of symptoms. And when you called it the great mimicker, I mean, it could look like um, chronic Lyme disease, right. looks like MS. Um, gluten ataxia, which we'll talk about gluten, um, resembles MS. So there's right. a lot of different things, and I'm sure many more that I don't know about, but nevertheless, the doctor's doing the best they can, put you in a bucket because they want to match a medication to the diagnosis. They simply don't know what to do, right? So that's 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 what that is. Um, so let me ask two questions because I were obviously want to hear the solutions, which is the biggest deal. So you that started at age nineteen. At the what was the worst point? At the worst point, what were your symptoms? At the worst point of your disease? Okay, so I've got a litany of symptoms. I had the relapsing, remitting type. That first exacerbation, which we call flares or exacerbations, um, was the worst being a six week complete body numbness. That was the absolute worst. I couldn't feel anything, pinpricks, couldn't feel going to the bathroom, nothing. I, I could had, I had muscle strength, but couldn't feel where my limbs were in space. So that was just completely disorienting and terrifying. And my parents were taken aside by the neurologist and told prepare for her life in a wheelchair. Cause that's where she's heading as we walked out the door. So they had that extra burden of not hope, the opposite of, you know, fear. Um, I had searing pain from optic neuritis that lasted more than two weeks that put me in the emergency room three times. 
and finally took a trip to Johns Hopkins Medical to get diagnosed with optic neuritis, which is a hallmark symptom of MS. I had the, what they call the MS hug, which is a feeling of like a thousand rubber bands around your torso. I had legs that felt as heavy as lead and walking from the bed to the bathroom in the morning, getting out of bed, it felt like I was trudging through waist deep water. So um, this was, things came and went and the fear was always around what was going to come up next, you know, what was going to come up next. And then you had, I had profound fatigue, um, constipation, and I was told that all of these things are just consistent with MS. So you ended up putting every single symptom that you had into this bucket called MS. Um, I think those, and then the zapping sensations all over my body, like electricity, the, the thing that was most disconcerting all the time, I could feel this electrical hum throughout my body. Like I was plugged into a socket 24 seven. Wow. Just uh, that was, a, that was one of the constant things. Constant had? ever present. Like wow. all the time I felt like I was plugged into a wall. And this went on for 20 years, 26 years. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'll just go jump you into this thing. So you said somebody gave you the gift of a question. Right. And at some point you started to heal. And I'm really curious about that question and what started the healing process. When I was lying on the couch and that family friend left and I couldn't go anywhere and I'm lying there chewing on that question like a dog with a bone, it occurred to me as a flash of insight, David, but I have to go back farther in time because I had been adopted as a baby by very loving parents And in the moment that I was thinking about why did this happen, I had a picture that came up in my mind of me, age three, maybe four, and I'm standing in the hallway and my dad is yelling at my mom, calling her names, and she's locked herself behind her bedroom door. And my dad is calling her names and verbally abusing her. And I'm standing up to my dad with my little dukes up. You call my mom names and I'll sock your lights out or whatever a three-year-old is going to shout at her dad. But I had become a child warrior, David. And in that flash of insight that I had, I have no insight on the immune system. I had learned nothing about that, but I viewed that my immune system is a proxy for that mental hypervigilance. I had become, I, I had insomnia. I was always scanning the environment for safety. And I thought, you know what? I bet my immune system, if it doesn't have a real battle to wage, it's going to fight itself. And so I had, I have no idea how that occurred to me, but that still rings true for me, even though I know there's more to the story, but that gift allowed me to see that chronic stress and early trauma was the big setup for the MS. So was your whole childhood like that as far as really chaotic? I mean, it was not a peaceful household it sounds like no it wasn't peaceful i we had wonderful times and i was an only child and so i got all the attention but my dad had been a fighter pilot and his way was invariably the right way and he had a temper and he yelled a lot and he was very verbally abusive and there was a lot of judgment and you know i i grew up with the sense that there's something wrong with me i'm i must not be enough but I didn't go and shrink back and hide from him. I guess I went into the the fight of the fight flight mode um, to protect my mom. 
And I didn't learn until my 30s that she probably shouldn't have had me in that defender position at age three. That that probably was not very healthy. But in that moment, it, it occurred to me that there was a setup. There was a perpetrator, a victim, and a defender. And it was all of that hypervigilance that caused my immune system to become hypervigilant and overreact. So let's jump ahead 25 or 26 years. There's something started to flip that allowed you to heal. So 26 years is not a subtle time frame as far as the disease. Right, right. And it's fascinating because again, in medicine, we're stuck on the structural process for disease. We have these plaques in your spine that cause your neurological deficits. But the elephant in the room is the symptoms come and go. Stress fires up the immune system, up, fires up your excitatory neurotransmitters. It's consuming fuel from your body. We call it threat physiology. And so, you know, stress changes your body's chemistry dramatically by the second. And so that's why symptoms vary so much is the physiology of the disease, not the structure. And so obviously I'm guessing things came and went throughout your lifetime. And I'm guessing stress was a factor that you started to notice, but something happened that right now, I wish you could meet Palmer in person, is that she's just, not only is she athletic, she's very athletic, she looks great. You never guess she ever had MS. That's pretty remarkable. So what happened? What started, what caused that switch to happen? Well, and I know how important a switch is because it's the pivotal moment, but I have to say that the groundwork that I laid for that switch finally to happen in 2010 was that original question. Because had I not been asked, why did I get the MS? I never would have pursued a, a path to peace. I never would have addressed the stress in my life. And so, and, and we could talk about this. I, I tend to think of things as we all have a toxin bucket within us and the things that go into the bucket, we're supposed to be able to excrete out the bottom. But when we, as we grow up, we have things just piling into that bucket. And I had that incredible amount of chronic stress and trauma. And so I had the privilege of starting to look at that. And I started doing yoga in 1987. I started meditating in the 90s. And it was, as you said, David, I noticed that when I got more stressed, I had more symptoms. I had new symptoms. And I mean, it could have been exams at school, conflict at home, whatever it was. To the week, I mean, literally, it was like I was in control of bringing on new symptoms. And then when I meditated, when I found peace, when I chilled out, <laughs> you know, this path to being a peaceful warrior, I notice that things calm down. So well, again, for the audience, and I know the audience has heard this multiple times from me, but just emphasize there's physiology is how your body functions, your blood pressure, temperature, acid base balance, all these things are your physiology. So you're either in fight or flight, what we call it throughout physiology or safety, we can we call it rest and digest. So if you're in fight or flight, you're consuming resources, your body's on fire, your immune, your brain itself is actually inflamed. Your your excitatory neurotransmitter, so your brain itself is inflamed, which excites everything. And then safety is a profound shift into oxytocin, dopamine, calming neurotransmitters, anti-inflammatory cytokines. Mm. And so it's not a psychological construct. So the psyche comes in and is processed by your body as a threat. But then your whole body responds with physiology. So basically stress translates into physiology, translates into symptoms. 
And again, I just have to rant for a second. That's where medicine has missed the boat. Yeah. They're treating just the symptoms where the root cause is the interaction between your stresses and your coping skills. And the problem is we don't know our patients. We don't talk to them. We don't know what is going on. So it's that balance between your stresses and your coping skills that creates physiology. And then you create symptoms. We're treating only the symptoms. We don't know you as a person. We don't know your coping skills. And also remember the stress is the most stressful. It's the stress that you can't control. So you learn how to process stress differently. So we do meditation. Again, as a surgeon, I thought, well, this is a psychological construct. Well, you're flat out calming the body's chemistry. It's a mm -hmm. profound shift, not subtle. And so, you know, were you psychologically compromised for all those years? No. Was your body's physiology in fight or flight all the time? Yes. We learn how to regulate it, which is the thing we'll talk about in the second podcast. But when you regulate your physiology into safety, your body actually truly heals. It's not like fixing things. Your body actually puts fuel back into the cells. Everything calms down. Even the skin, even the layers beneath your skin regenerate. It's unbelievable what the body can do to heal. Anyway, so you started to do some of these techniques. You know, stress was a factor. But then there's something that happened that was pretty big because you said it was a 2010 where something right. happened. So I, I wanted to pave the way with all of the stress reduction because many people do the opposite. They start with food and then when they have more bandwidth or have some relief from symptoms, then they go to stress reduction. My path was I started with the stress and trauma, which helped to lower the inflammation right. in my toxin bucket. So I just want to set the stage for that because quite by accident, I stumbled upon functional medicine in 2010. I had always had tummy trouble after eating and I thought it was normal. I thought everybody had a little grumbling or something going on in their tummy. Didn't think anything of it until 2010. I decided, you know, I might want to see a nutritionist. So I found functional medicine nutritionist. Functional medicine is all about root cause, as you know. Um, and she ran some tests on me and sure enough, found out that I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which is a sensitivity to gluten, but not celiac disease, okay. which is super insidious because people who think they don't have celiac disease, well, I'm, I'm fine with eating gluten. Well, it turns out there may be a percentage of people, it might be 20%, maybe 30% of the population has this more insidious non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And so this nutritionist led me through an elimination diet, classic diet. Within one week of removing the gluten, I stopped having tummy troubles after eating. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Within one month, I stopped having MS symptoms ever again. Like full stop, full wow. stop. And, and I'm really clear, and we'll, we'll talk about this. It's way more than just removing gluten. I don't right. want people to be uh, have the assumption that, oh, that was easy. Um, because there's a lot more to it. It's everything that's in that toxin bucket. But the idea is to lower the inflammatory load so that your body, as you wisely said at the outset, can do the healing. Your body wants to be in a state of repair and calm, right? It doesn't want right. to be fighting things. So that for me was my linchpin trigger. And it was so remarkable for a little while because I had recently been experiencing that the legs as heavy as lead when I woke up in the morning, the neck bending, the meat sign where you bend your head down and you get zaps all over your spine. All of that was my everyday existence. And then one morning waking up a month later, my husband was the one who remarked, 
wait a minute, like things seem different. What's, what's changed? I'm like, you're right. This is amazing. So I called the neurologist that I had seen. Now I'd seen six neurologists over the period of time. My most recent one I called and I said, I want a, an appointment with you. So I walked into his office and I said, doc, doc, yeah, I'm so excited about this. I can't believe it. I removed the gluten and I don't have any MS symptoms anymore. This is amazing. And he said, Palmer, 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 gluten sensitivity is a fad. And if I were you, if you were my daughter, I'd want you to go on medication. Oh God. And I left his office with, um, you know, feeling like I had been dismissed, but I, I really wasn't deterred. So I, I off I went on my life and not having ever experienced another symptom, I feel like I need to tell you like the, the bookend on this. Eight years after that meeting, which that must have been February of 2011, I went back into his office in 2019 and he was surprised to see me. What are you doing here? Like, why are you here? And then with his tail kind of between his legs, he said, Palmer, we know now that gluten sensitivity is real. And he said, I bet about a third or more of my patients are sensitive to gluten. I said, wow, this is amazing. This is a conventional neurologist at Palo Alto Medical Foundation telling me that what I told him eight years earlier was real. And he said, why don't we do another MRI on you and see how things have progressed or not? And I said, great. So I came back the following week to read out the MRI results and he sat me side by side. Of course, the technology has changed, so it's not apples to apples, but he said, not only are there no new lesions, but the old ones have faded or disappeared. And he said, in the field of neurology, it just couldn't be a better story. Wow. So Palmer, um, the second podcast, we're going to skip a little bit and find out, go to the solutions because a lot of people are suffering. And so your story is incredibly compelling. And so this is, the body knows how to heal. And that's where doctors have missed the boat that we think we have to treat symptoms and medications, but the body knows how to heal if you give it a chance. Stress is not psychological. It's a physiological response to a threat or danger. And once you understand how to process your circumstances, increase your coping skills, your body's, I mean, fight or flight physiology is necessary because we have to fight another day to stay alive but if you don't have the time to regenerate and refuel, you're going to get broken down. So, um, Palmer, how can we'll talk about this in a second podcast also? But let us know, talk about your book and where we can find you and what your services are. So, the book is Beat Autoimmune. Uh, best way to get it is on Amazon. I think it's in five different languages at this point. So, people in different countries, I think it's in German, uh, Mandarin, Chinese. Polish, uh, Czechoslovakian. It's amazing. So you can find it at your local Amazon for about 10 bucks. Um, it's on Kindle. There's an audible version. And as I uh, said, in the, as you mentioned in the bio that Mark Hyman generously contributed the forward and, um, you know, he had his own issues with autoimmune, uh, chronic fatigue and Lyme disease, you know, he's, he's been on the path and I profile, about 12 different medical doctors and other practitioners who used to practice conventional medicine, who had their own issues with autoimmunity. I didn't just want to tell my story because that would be like a nice little spontaneous remission kind of thing. I, I really wanted to provide hope in the form of store, powerful stories. 
right. as well as the science and the strategies that people can use right away. So that is the book. Right. Then you're um, palmerkipola.com. That's right. And you also do some consultations, correct? Yep. And That's how I spend my time is helping people in the U.S. Yeah. reverse. And you're like me, because, you know, I came out of a horrible experience and you do want to give back. You hate to see people suffer unnecessarily. So I appreciate your time on the show and we're learn a lot more about what you are actually doing now to help people get better. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, David. I'd like to thank our guest, Palmer Kippola, for being on the show today and sharing her experiences with battling MS, her journey into functional medicine, and the insights she gained about our ability to heal from autoimmune conditions. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.